This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. Uh, Hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, uh, my name is Kevin, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and I'm just so excited that you came uh, to be part of this day, uh, to enjoy uh, the beauty of God's reign even inside, which is just such a gift to us that most of us don't get to experience every day. But uh, today we do, which is really fun. Uh, if it starts to drip on you, just embrace it. Just enjoy it. Uh, we got the heater up a little bit, so you'll be fine. You'll be warm. Uh, it's a party. You know, most weeks that I get to preach, I get really excited. Uh, I love preaching. I love spending time thinking about what God would want to say to us, uh, focusing on kind of the word he has for me, because when I preach, then I get to uh, take this stuff and live it out in my life for the weeks leading up to the sermon and then the weeks after. Uh, and I'm excited for what God wants to say to you guys. But this week, and for the next two weeks after this, uh, I got especially excited, because it's a topic that, uh, do you have those kind of things that keep you up at night, that get you excited? Maybe it's something about work or your, uh, your free time and activity and like the week before you go camping, you're just so excited to go camping and you just get up at night. This topic that we're talking about for the next three weeks is that topic for me. It literally wakes me up at night sometimes. Uh, I just get so excited and fired up about it uh, that uh, when we found out we were going to preach, I asked Ron, could I just do the first, the first week of this series because uh, I think there's something for us in it. And, uh, and so I, I hope that you're ready, that you're open, that you're prepared. Uh, We're talking about eyes this week, eyes to see the things uh, the way they really are. And I was reminded about seeing things the way they really are uh, because I mentioned a few weeks ago our daughter Maddie uh, was potty training, which is very exciting. She's nine now, so it seemed like a good time uh, to potty train. No, she's two years old, so she's on the early end of the spectrum. We're very proud of her. It's a big accomplishment. Uh, And it's a big accomplishment for us as parents, which I never thought I would say that. But we taught her something that she will probably use more than any other skill we have taught her for her entire life, right? I mean, this is a big deal for us uh, as parents. So we're pretty, we're pretty excited. We're pretty proud. And, and I always watched my daughter. Uh, you know, I, I make sure she's safe, doesn't fall down the stairs. You know, I, I watch her. I make sure she's okay. That's what dads do. But there was something different when we started potty training her, right? When there's no diaper on, you watch your kid in a different way, Right? Every scratch, every squat, every tweak of the eye, every bounce up and down, you know, it's like, what's she going to do? Is she going to go? Because no one wants to clean up after their kid, right? And, and so I've always watched my daughter, but potty training my daughter, I began to really see her in a different way. I began to watch her with new eyes. I began to, uh, to look at her and really study what's going on right now. Uh, and uh, the Bible talks a lot about, about eyes, Eyes that see things, eyes that perceive. Don't just glance at things, don't just uh, kind of look and move on, but eyes that really dig deeply into the world, uh, deeply into what's going on around us. And uh, and Jesus has a word for us. In Matthew 13, he says, uh, This people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. And so the people uh, at large that he's talking about, he says, they, they just stopped really seeing what's happening. Stopped really hearing. Their hearts have become hard and calloused. And man, if they would just open their eyes and see, they would turn to me and I would heal them. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. 
For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but they did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. Have you been following uh, the story of the Chilean miners who were trapped for 70 days in that mine underground? Uh, If you didn't, there were these miners, and they were trapped, and there was this miraculous story. They lasted for 70 days, 2,000 feet below the earth's surface. And I came home a few Tuesday nights ago from work, and uh, Maria was glued to the TV, uh, and she was watching. It was some Kleenex next to her. It was this big, you know, uh, emotional moment. And, uh, and so we sat down. We were watching these miners come up and be reunited with their families, their wives, and their kids, and the president was there. It was a really big deal. Something struck me. It was late. It was like 1 a.m. when I was watching uh, over there when they were coming up. But every miner that came up was wearing these big, thick sunglasses, these really dark, that blocked out everything sunglasses, uh, and, and I came to realize it must be that they spent so long looking at the world dimly lit, so long underground, so long not seeing light that even the floodlights, even the flashes were too much for them to handle, too much for their eyes. Their eyes needed time to adjust, which got me thinking, have, have you ever found yourself looking at something a certain way for so long that uh, it takes time for your eyes to adjust to seeing it a new way, to seeing it in a new light? Maybe it's your marriage, and you've spent years going in one direction, and all you can see is this, and then your spouse does something different, something that would be really good, and you think, no, that can't be true. That can't be right. That's not them, right? They're this, and they're, they're not that. Uh, or your kids, or your work. You see things one way, and then in our lives, it's true that it takes time to adjust to seeing things in a new light, in a new way. It's the same thing as we follow after God, right? We, we see the world in one way, but then God says, as you come to know me, I want to help your eyes adjust to seeing in another way. Or maybe we could say that life is like those magic eye pictures from the mid-90s. You remember those pictures? Uh, the ones that, that look like a rainbow threw up, right? Uh, but then if you look at it for long enough, if you don't get uh, antsy and, uh, and turn away, if you kind of cross your eyes a little bit, uh, you, there actually is a picture in there, but don't stare for too long. You'll hurt yourselves. Um, if you stare at it long enough, all of a sudden this 3D picture comes out at you right? It grabs you. This mess that's just this rainbow of color. I like that everyone's looking. Change the slide quick. Uh, It's a camel, by the way. It's nothing too exciting. It's a camel. Uh, Thank you guys for putting it back up. Yes, it is a camel. Take my word for it. It's a picture of me actually dancing. Uh, No, no, it's not. No one wants to see that. I'd like you to come back next week. Um, But if we look at it long enough, this picture comes out. We, We see something new. The mess becomes something true and something real and something beautiful. It becomes this work of art. See, the world around us sees things a certain way, but I think God wants us to see with new eyes in a new way. He wants us to look deeply into the world, to see with his heart, to see with his eyes. And so that's what I'm going to ask him to do for us this morning. So would you join me as we pray? Lord, would you open our eyes to see deeply into the world around us? We don't want to go through life with a passing glance. Uh, We don't want to uh, have brief glimpses of your work in our lives and the lives of people around us. We want to live in that place. We want to see what you're doing and walk with you and celebrate what you're doing. You say, blessed are are those uh, because their eyes can see. And we ask that you would bless us with the ability to see clearly this morning. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Numbers 13 is where we're going to be, and I know some of you guys have been dying to get into the book of Numbers. So uh, for those of you who just like, man, I want to talk about numbers. We're actually not talking about numbers 
per se, too much today, but we are in the book of Numbers, and we're going back to uh, this tribe, this nation, the Israelites, and you might be wondering, why does Kevin always talk about this, this nation called Israel? And the reason is because the Bible talks all about this nation. It's God's people who he's drawn to himself out of the world, who he's chosen uh, to bless so that they could bless the world, to be a light to the world, and he walks with them through the Old Testament, and then he continues to bless the entire world through them, through Jesus in the New Testament. So through this one tribe, he sent the Savior, and the Savior of the world came. Jesus came to bless all of us. And so we talk about this tribe because God talks about this nation a lot, the Israelites. And that's where we're picking up uh, as they go into this, uh, this amazing land that God has for them in Numbers 13. And the Lord said to Moses, send some of the men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each of the ancestral tribes. Send one of its leaders. See what the land is like, whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees on it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit from the land, because it was the season of the first ripe grapes. When they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. The place is called the Valley of Eshkol. Because the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. And so God's promised this land to his people, and he picks 12 men, because there are 12 tribes in this nation. So he picks one man from each of these 12 tribes. He says, go on a scouting mission. Figure it out. See what's happening there, because he promised the land was going to be amazing. He says it's a land flowing with milk and with honey, and if you're lactose intolerant, you can just substitute your favorite food, right? It's a land flowing with tacos and burritos or, or Chinese food or whatever you really like. This is the land. It's this picture of abundance, of beauty uh, that's more amazing than anything you could ever imagine. God says, this is the land I'm promising to you. And so Moses, the leader of this nation, says, 12 of you guys go out and scout it out. See what you can find. See what you can see. And the truth is that it was amazing. Now think about this. It took two guys with a huge pole to carry one cluster of grapes and some pomegranates. I mean, this must have been a huge cluster of grapes. I don't know. Maybe they were kind of small like me. Maybe not. I don't know. But it still takes a lot of grapes to take two guys to carry it. So they're carrying back this huge thing of grapes. Which, which made me start to ask the question, and maybe it does for you too. When God promises new territory to you, uh, do you trust that it's going to be amazing? Because you can. When God promises new territory, you can trust. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be different than you could make it on your own, but it's going to be really, really good. See, God has this big picture perspective of the world, and so he gives us promises, and they don't always turn out the way we think they should, or they don't form the way we think that they might. So they're going to be a little different, but it's always going to be better. God's promises, God's plans are always good. The Bible says that God gives good gifts to those who follow after him. Over and over again, we see this in the Bible. God wants to give good gifts to his followers. He wants to bless them. He wants to meet them. He wants to give them new territory, new land. And that's what he's doing here. Numbers 13, 26 goes on to say, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community in Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey and tacos and burritos and other delicious food. Uh, Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. 
The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. And these guys were all enemies of the Israelites. So they're saying all these enemies live in this area. Verse 13, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and he said, we should go up and take possession of this land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. Do you see God's promises through God's eyes? Do you trust and believe that God's going to do what he says he'll do in your life? When God says, I want to give you something, I want to bless you, I want to take you on this new path, do you trust him? What do your eyes see? Uh, When God says, uh, I want to impact your job, I want to make an impact in the community. I want to use you to bless your family. I want to use you uh, to work in your kid's life, in, in your wife or your husband's life, in your friend's lives. What do you see? Do you see roadblocks? Do you see hindrances? Or do you see the opportunity for God to move? This is what we're talking about with having new eyes. Because God's always taking us to a new place. God's always moving us forward. It's like being on a moving walkway uh, in the airport that's going the opposite direction of you. If you stop, you're going to start going backwards. God is always moving us forward. He's always calling us to a new place. He's never calling us to sit still. And so when God calls you to a new place, what do you see? What comes to your mind? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it curiosity? Is it excitement? I mean, if we get real practical, the Bible says things like, hey, I want you to have this intimacy with your spouse where you become one. When you look at your marriage and you hear God's promise for you, Do you think, well, that just couldn't be me, right? God obviously didn't know my husband when he made that promise. Or do you think this is the opportunity for God to do something amazing? If God said to you, you know, I want you to change careers because I have a new path for you, a new plan for you, would you think, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I can trust God? Or do you think, no way, not in these economic times. There's no way I would change jobs. I could never follow God. That's not the promise for me. That's for someone else. When God promises you things, what do you see? Do you see opportunity for God to prove himself faithful? Or do you see roadblocks, hindrances, fear, anxiety? Twelve men went on the scouting mission. They went to the same places. They saw the same things. They slept at the same places. They ate the same food. But they saw very different things. They all looked at the land. They saw that it was beautiful. Lots of fruit. Uh, They all thought these cities would be good to live in. They had walls that could protect the people. They all saw all these people that were against them, including the descendants of Anak, who uh, some believe were like seven to nine feet tall. They were a giant race of people. Uh, So they saw these huge guys. They all saw it, but they saw very different things. The majority of the guys saw warriors and walls and said, we can't go in. But Caleb saw the land that God had promised, and he said, we must go forward. God is giving us this land. We can certainly do it. When you hear this kind of story, where do you find yourself? If you look at your life, where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself on the side of Caleb saying, of course we can do it. This is God's plan. We can certainly go forward. Or do you find yourself saying, man, the people are really big and scary. And there's big walls there. I don't think I can get over those walls. I've got so much baggage behind me, there's no way I can move forward. It's too heavy to carry. Where do you find yourself in their story? Because the truth is, their story is our story. We find our story in the Bible. The words that God speaks to these people, he also is speaking to us. So as you listen to the story, where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself on the side of Caleb saying, we must go forward? 
Because that's where God wants you to be. He wants you to see challenges as opportunities for him to move you forward. And there's a word for that, by the way. It's called faith. Looking at the world, seeing the challenges, but saying, I trust that God has a plan. I trust that God will work. I trust that God is at his core good and wants good things for us. And I'm going to move forward. I'm going to follow him. Where do you find yourself on the story? And friends, I wanted to share the story of the Israelites because I believe that God is taking us to a new territory. And, and not just me. The leadership, the staff, the church. If you've been around, and it's not really a new territory because God has been calling us to this place for 13 years since we started this church. But I think that God is asking us or calling us to a new territory. I think he wants us to possess a new territory. And so I want to share this story because we need to be asking the questions. If God really is trying to move me to a new place, call us out of ourselves. Call us to places that could we could be uncertain about, could make us nervous. Do we trust him? Can we follow him? Do we believe that he will meet us? Do we believe that he will answer our prayers? Do we believe that he will work? Do we believe that if we're following in his heart, his purpose, his plan, that there's nothing that we can't do with him? Because that's what the God of the Bible says. He says, follow me, know me, trust me. Listen to God's heart in John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Hear a little bit more in Second Peter. The author says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Have you noticed the correlation in your life uh, between how much you want something and how much you're willing to pay for it? Isn't that why we have credit card debt? Because we want something really badly and we'll pay any price for it, and so we just go out and get it and charge it, and so our society is just kind of crumbling under debt. People my age and younger and some even older are trying to figure out how they'll ever survive into retirement. By the way, if that strikes a chord with you, um, God wants you to be debt-free. God wants you to live in financial freedom. In the spring, we're going to have a life group that talks about God's heart around money and how you can experience financial freedom, how you can uh, start to eradicate debt. So if that just strikes something and you think, yeah, I do want to be free, but I'm stuck here, keep your eyes open. Uh, we're going to have uh, some good ways for you to work through that as we head into the spring. But have you noticed that it's true that you'd pay almost any price for something you really, really want? Take a second and just think, what's that thing for me? What's that thing that I really want, that I've always wanted, that I would just pay way over cost for? We, we all have these types of things. For God, it was us. The Bible says that God loved us so much that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would not die but have eternal life. It's not a theory for God. It's not, yeah, I probably would give anything. God did give everything so that we could know him. I think God's great desire is that we would join him in that. When Jesus was on the cross, he, he cried out three words. He said, it is finished. The work for God to draw people back to himself, it's done. Jesus paid the price. He did it so that we could come and we could know him and we could have relationship with him. What's not finished, though, is there are people who still don't know God. It's not finished, and that's what gets me up at night. I think that's what makes God grieve 
as he sits in heaven and looks down at our community and says, wow, 4%, 5% of Petaluma engaging with me in church, not even close to okay. My heart is breaking. I love them so much that I died for them. When you look at your coworkers, at your neighbors, at your kids' friends, at your spouse, what do you see? Do you see gifted, intelligent, passionate people who, who are looking for fullness, who are looking for something and they just don't know what it is? I believe it's God. I believe we all have friends who are amazing, created in God's image, who God loves deeply, who God is gifted and talented. These are not bad people. These are awesome people who God loves deeply. And I believe the new territory he's calling us into is he wants us to partner with him to reach our community. That's always been the call of new life, to partner with God to reach our community. 13 years ago, when we started this church, we said, we're going to be a church, a community that reaches a community. And I think at this time, this fall, God's calling us to take another step in that. I think God wants us to invite our friends, our family workers, our family members, coworkers, kids, uh, the parents of the kids on our soccer team with our kids, our teachers. I think he's calling us to invite them to come to church. Uh, one of the greatest gifts that I have as a pastor is I get to spend my days with amazing Christian people who love the Lord, right? I get to spend every day with people who are seeking after God. One of the biggest downsides of being a pastor is I spend every day with people who love God. And not that I don't love you guys, I do, but, but, but God has, has put something in me that, that wakes up in the middle of the night saying, I want to know people who don't know God because I want them to come and experience God. And so it's really hard for me as a pastor being in the church. Like, how do I do that? How do I get out of here? How do I go find people who I think God is calling to himself? And so as we were planning this and preparing for this uh, next coming Sundays as we go into the fall, uh, I began to ask God, God, would you introduce me to people who don't have a relationship with you? I don't care how you do it. I want to be open. Uh, But right now I can't think of 10 people who I know who don't know you. And so I said, God, would you start to do this? And I, I went to Starbucks on Tuesday. Uh, and I went to Pete's Coffee, too. So if you're a Starbucks or a Pete's Coffee guy, I have stories from both that I'm going to share, so don't worry. Um, I walked in to get a gift card for a friend at church, and uh, the guy said to me, hey, uh, why are you buying a gift card if you don't mind me asking? He probably thought I was very cheap, so it was only $5. So he's like, why are you buying a $5 gift card? You cheapo. Uh, and I said, well, to be honest with you, I'm buying a gift card uh, for one of our leaders at the church. I'm a pastor, and I want to thank them for what they were doing. He said, oh, I've been looking to go to church. I haven't been going for a while. I've been looking to try to find one. Okay. Like I said, I'm a pastor. You found one. You know, I gave him a little card to do. I said, come on over, join us. Come see what God's doing. And then I was at Pete's Coffee on Thursday. I was supposed to meet with somebody and, and uh, they were running a little late. And so I was reading my Bible and there was a guy sitting down the way. And um, I, I stopped reading my Bible and he looked up at me and he said, you reading your Bible? I said, well, yes, I am actually. Uh, so I used to do that. Oh, I said, what happened? Oh, uh, you know, I just kind of stopped, got out of it, you know, life, that kind of thing. I said, oh, totally, I, I do. I said, have you ever thought about giving it a second chance? He said, yeah, I have actually. I was thinking about going to church. So uh, I said, well, come to church with us. And if you're here, I don't see them today. Uh, if you're here, it was great. This is fun, man. This is God moving. So this is exciting stuff. Uh, and then I'm driving out of there, and there's a guy on the corner asking for a few bucks. So I gave him a few bucks. I said, hey, have you ever thought about going to a community of people that love you? 
He said, yeah, I, I, I thought about it sometimes. I said, well, come to church. So there's three people in three days who God was just kind of drawing me to meet. Uh, this is what God is about. God is about drawing people to himself. It's not something that we make up. It's not something that we do on our own. God is drawing people to himself. And the question is, are we going to be like Caleb and say, we must certainly go because God's calling us. I don't want to miss out on a land flowing with milk and honey. I don't want to miss out on tacos and burritos. They're too delicious, right? Are we going to go with God? Have you ever invited a friend to go hiking with you? Maybe. Maybe we don't do a lot of hiking in this church. Okay. Have you ever invited a friend to go to get coffee with you? To go to dinner with you? This is just like that. Except the, the, the opportunity is great for people's lives to be transformed, right? They go to coffee with you. They get a caffeine buzz. Okay. That's okay. They come to church and they experience the living God. Their lives are transformed. God begins to bring healing and wholeness. God gives vision and passion. I'm not asking you to go to an elementary school and sell crack to the little kids. I'm saying, hey, uh, could we go invite our friends to come to church? Right? This is, not, this is not hard. This is good. Are you experiencing God in your life? I hope the answer is yes. This is good stuff. We just go out and we invite. Three Sundays from today, we're kicking off a powerful series called Freedom. The truth is that God wants us to live in freedom. God created us for freedom. God did not create us for slavery or bondage. And, and so this series is going to look at one key area that God gives us in experiencing freedom, the area of forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness with God uh, on one key, but also forgiveness with each other. Because I think both inside of the church and outside of the church, our society has largely lost the ability to forgive the ability to reconcile, the ability to apologize, right? We think saying, hey, I want to apologize to you for something is the same as actually apologizing to someone. It's not. That's an intent. I intend to apologize to you at some point. That's very different, right? Try in your marriage this week, guys. When you screw up, say, hey, I'm sorry, instead of I would like to apologize to you. You'll get lucky. You'll get a delicious dinner. (laughs) So we're going to have five weeks talking about freedom talking about forgiveness, talking about not living in slavery to revenge, to anger, to hurt, to pain, talking about God's heart, God's love, God's power. Would you commit to doing two things? Two things. The first, in your program, go ahead and pull out that little business card that says Fave 5 on the front. While you're pulling it out, I want you to know that I used to hate Friday mornings in elementary school because it was art day. And I'm horrible at art. And if you got one that's just a little bit off center, uh, I tried. Okay, we're not perfect. Um, Remember that. So when you get your card and you look at it and say, this card is not perfect. Remember, you know what? Neither am I. Uh, And neither is my friend who I'm inviting to church. And that's why we need God. Because if we were perfect, we wouldn't need God. So that's my little clip for that. uh, Because I was kicking myself. And a few of you have some that are just a little off center. I was kicking myself, man. Oh, I messed it up. But you know what? I'm not perfect, and neither are you, so let's stop pretending. Uh, pull out your Fave 5 card. It looks something like that, but it's about this big and not that big. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to pray every day for three weeks for five friends. I want you to pray two things. One, that God would give you uh, times to interact with these friends. And two, that God would give you somehow the space to invite them to church on November 14th when we kick off our Freedom Series. So that's the first one, the Fave 5 Challenge. Uh, and I'll give you a few minutes when the worship team comes up uh, to actually write in those, those five names. Um, 
Some of you are going to town, which is awesome. That means God's like bringing it up right now. Uh, if you're here and you, can, you can't think of five people you'd want to invite, pray every day that God would give you people to invite. That's what he did for me. And so now I got a whole bunch of people that I want to invite to come to church, invite to come experience God. Maybe you got 10 or 15 names. Just write small and start praying. Uh, imagine if 300 of us that came to church, 300 adults, all invited five people, and two of those people came. Just two. That'd be like 900 adults, right? Am I doing the math right? 900 adults coming to experience God with their families? Think about the impact that would have in their lives. Think about the impact that would have in Petaluma. If 900 people came together and experienced God and said, we want to know the living God. Think about the impact that would have in your faith, in your life. If you invited friends and they came and they were transformed by God. It's a win-win. It's good all the way around. So the first thing, take the Faith 5 Challenge. Pray every day and then look for ways to invite people to come. I gave you those cards so you could put them in your pocket. Uh, if you don't wear pants, if you wear skirts or things to work, tape it to the back of your cell phone so that every time you touch the card, I want to invite you to pray. So I've got mine in my pocket right now, and I pray. Every time I touch the card, I just pray quietly uh, for the people that God's leading me to to invite. So that's the first challenge. The second challenge, would you commit to coming to church for the entire Freedom Series? I know it's a lot. It's five weeks, five Sundays, November 14th through December 12th. Would you commit to coming every Sunday and doing two things? One, being open to what God wants to say to you about freedom and forgiveness. Because I think if we actually take this to heart, it could transform us, transform our families, transform our church, transform our community. And two, would you come and be willing uh, to love people, to welcome people? Okay. If 900 people show up on one Sunday, we're going to need more than four ushers and greeters to welcome them into church. It's going to take a community. People are drawn to authentic friendship. So would you come every week and would you welcome and love and care for people? Those are your two challenges uh, this week. So the worship team's going to come up and play, and I want to give you a few minutes to fill out your Faith 5 card. I want to challenge you every day for the next three weeks to be praying, asking God, and then to be taking risks. Would you be someone like Caleb who says, God is calling us in this direction. We must go. We must follow him. We must do what he is asking us to do. And then once you filled out your Faith 5 card, uh, on your uh, communication card, on your Connect card, there's a place that says, I'd like to apply this sermon by. Could you mark down the commitments you made for me? Uh, myself and the leadership and the prayer team, we want to pray for you. Uh, this is a spiritual endeavor. This is not something we just choose to do on our own. And so we want to pray for you. We want to know what God's doing. We want to encourage you. But we can't do that unless you actually let us know what choice you're going to make. So fill out the Faith 5 card and then grab your Connect card and just mark down the commitments you're making. Join me and let's pray. God, would you give us new eyes to see the world the way that you see it? Would you open our eyes to the direction that you're calling us? Would you give us courage and strength to look at... Uh, a next step in our faith, to look at your heart for our community and to not see obstacles and not say, I can't do it. The people are too big. The walls are too high. We'll never do it. But would you give us the strength to be like Caleb and to say, yes, if this is where God is taking us, we can surely go. And God, more than anything, would your spirit be moving ahead of us in people's lives? Would you be calling people to yourself? We know that you loved each of us in this room and loved each person in Petaluma 
and each person who has ever lived so much that you gave everything for us. So now would your spirit be working and drawing people to yourself in a very real and a very intimate way? And would you use us powerfully? We love you, Lord. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.